0: Welcome to the Be Seen, Beloved podcast. I'm your host, Christy Love. I believe in taking massive action to overcome life's biggest challenges because I know the rewards that lie on the other side. This show is a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to help you level up in your life. Here's to a new you where your dedication, commitment, and staying true to yourself will make your wildest dreams come alive. I'm a transformational trainer, speaker, firm mama, and proud wife to a distinguished Navy SEAL. We believe in the motto, never give up, never quit, while doing it all with love. I'll share real talks with experts and thought leaders who offer proven strategies to turn your barriers into success in this unfiltered, transformational, and thought-provoking podcast. Let's do this.
1: Today's guest is a woman who grew up living a healthy lifestyle, but soon her healthy habits turned upside down when entering college. After going through a few health scares, she came back to her foundation of clean eating and now passionately teaches parents all over the world by creating a global movement as a child food advisor. She is also an author, motivator, speaker, and brand influencer. Help me welcome Crystal Kilsley to the Be Seen, Be Love podcast.
2: Hi, Crystal. Hello, Ms. Christie. So excited to be here with you.
1: I am so excited that you are here. You have a... Serious story that I want to know all about because you are like creating this huge movement all over the world for children and parents everywhere, and I want to know how you do it. But can you first start by just sharing your story with our listeners? How did all this start?
2: Yeah, happy to. So I was actually raised in the Central Coast area of California, and it's a beautiful place. My heart will always be there. And I was raised by a bit of a hippie mom. She was—you uh, call her granola mom. And then she trained and became a nurse. So my dad actually passed away in a car accident when I was almost two years old. Uh, My brother was three, I was just shy of two. And so my mom was left with two kids to raise. And we had a garden in our backyard. And, you know, we, we had strawberry patches and fruit trees. And that was literally part of our pantry. I guess you could look at it like that. And so we had, you know, sweets and things at holidays. That's, was kind of normal, but it definitely wasn't a day to day part of our of our life. And so, I grew up, you know, in the street, playing and drinking from the hose, and coming home and picking an apple off the tree and eating it. And then when I went off to college, uh, my very first year, I worked at an Italian restaurant, and so of course I ate fried raviolis. It was one of my favorites, and pizza and drank a lot of sodas and it was you know all the things from either the restaurant or the mess hall that I ate at and um, you know of course I was exposed to those things but you know at 17 years old we know everything <laughs> and so I absolutely took my health for granted and just within that first year you know the freshman 15 it's quite common but I probably put on a good freshman 45 almost 50 and I had digestive issues I had migraines I had cystic acne. I was constantly congested and I was pretty much ready to quit after that first year. And, um, as I said, my mom's a nurse. And so she got remarried and my stepdad is an anesthesiologist. And so I went home that summer really bummed out and not excited to go back. And you know, with their kind of Western medicine philosophy and teachings, they were a bit like, okay, well let's look at some medication or let's look at creams or pills or whatever it is that can, can kind of support you. But either way, girlfriend, you are going back to school. This is not just like, you're going to give up. And so I was really hesitant to take medications because I'm very sensitive and I've always known that about myself. And so Kind of just by being home that summer with my mom and eating her home cooked meals, which have always been really clean, lean proteins, whole grains, lots lots of vegetables, lots of fruits, and being outdoors, right, and hiking instead of sitting in my dorm all the time or you know just being in the classrooms or or things like that, and um, you know hiking and we water ski and do lots of really active lifestyle things, and so I just started to gradually feel better, and so I went back to school. And finished in five years instead of four and switched my major to psychology. I've always been wildly fascinated with how people's minds work and how their behaviors are influenced, and even deeper, where their habits are created and and things of that nature. And so, 10 years after that, when I got married at 27. Uh, my daughter's dad is English. And so they eat what, like lots of, you know, meats and roasted meats and crisps. And, you know, it's very much just a part of their culture and they drink a lot more. And so as much as that was really fun, it didn't work for my body. And this time the migraines came back so bad that it was like the wind would blow and I would be in bed with a migraine and nothing would help it. One day I got stung and and I call animals our little messengers, right? And, um, I got stung by a bee and I'm not allergic to bees, but this bee sting swelled up really, really big on my arm. I still remember it on my left arm. And I thought to myself, wow. And it lasted probably a week. I mean, it was it was there and it was pretty intense. And I was thinking about getting a, a shot of cortisol or something or a shot of cortisone to help. And it just was that aha moment. And now we understand that change happens in two ways. Either we have this major aha moment, you go, okay, I get it. Or we start slowly changing habits, um, you know, bit by bit and remind ourselves in order to create that new habit subconsciously. But this aha moment was, um, it was pretty intense for me. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I went, wow, Crystal, if you can't heal from a little bee sting, then what's really going on? And so that's when I dove into nutrition and my two stepkids, they were six and four at the time. They were quite young and my stepson is an athlete. So, I mean, you know, teenage boys as they get older and things like that, but athlete boys, they eat you at a house at home. And then my stepdaughter was ADHD. And so, um, and she got diagnosed very, very early. So I was really looking at the whole family's intake and what was going on. And so I started doing the certifications and studying and getting deeper into it. And the whole house had an overhaul. And so the weeks that they were with us, I experimented with different recipes with them and found different healthy alternatives because I don't think that it has to be hard. And I think that's the common misconception. And I've seen it in the industry and with the clients that I work with is, is okay well how do i do this and and i always say you know just do those small switches i rely on chicken nuggets too i'm not i'm not martha stewart in the kitchen cooking all day every day you know making these recipes from scratch i just buy the all natural gluten-free chicken nuggets because those are a staple in my house you know my daughter's 10 now she loves them and so different creative ways to cook vegetables that they'll like you know that tastes good to them because we want to get them excited and then further communicating with them, I think is really important because you can't say to your kids, okay, I want you to eat healthy, put the healthy food in front of them and then just expect them to eat it because it doesn't work. You you can't come at them with negative energy. So it's really about including them and involving them as a part of what happens in the household and allowing them to feel like they've got a little bit of control because everybody wants to have a bit of control and sovereignty in their life as to what their choices are. And kids are no different.
1: Absolutely. Can you take me back to your hometown now? Did you live in an area where uh, all all the people in your neighborhood ate the same way, and they all had gardens in the back, or were you your family is totally different than everyone else?
2: I would say that we were a little bit different because not everybody had a garden. I mean, I remember my friends, you know, having Twinkies and Ding Dongs in their lunchbox and being, you know, in the pudding cups and being really jealous and saying to my mom. When I grow up and when I have kids, I'm gonna let them eat all the ding dongs and twinkies they want. I mean, yeah, right. Of course, that's not happening today. But she really instilled in us, yeah, those healthy habits. So, so I think there were, you know, and we're talking. I grew up in the '80s, and um, I think that there, there obviously weren't as many packaged foods as there are in the market now, but definitely parents, um, had that mindset of, well, hot dogs and French fries and fish sticks and things like that are okay. They're kid food and you can eat them five, six, seven nights a week. And it's not a big deal. And that was not my experience in my household. We had vegetables and lean meats with every meal. And my mom made things that were, you know, that were really, really healthy for us.
1: You're good. I think I would have swapped lunches with someone in the cafeteria, which I did. I used to swap. <laughs> I remember I used to swap the fried okra, fried okra, and I would get it with the fried okra. But yeah, you had a lot oh, of that's power. so funny. <laughs> but you have nobody
2: of, wanted to swap with me though. Nobody wanted nobody to trade for anything. You, right? I, mean, I had like these like. I like these doorstop sandwiches that were like tomatoes and sprouts and avocado and red leaf lettuce. Nobody wanted that.
1: They wanted, that. They wanted the Twinkies. Absolutely. I want Twinkies too. And I could, but that's great. So did she teach you how, did you, she, your mother also teach you how to plant the garden yourself? So do you have a garden now in your own backyard? How do you prepare your current, your f-
2: current foods? I do. I have a herb garden in my backyard and I also have a tower garden. So I grow a lot of herbs because I cook things very fresh and natural, but I'm a part of a CSA, which is community supported agriculture. So I get a box delivered to me. Um, the other side of my business. So I've got crystal clear kids and I partner with, uh, sports and active lifestyle companies and I have a online course that is, 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 is a part of that program. Uh, I also do you know one-on-one coaching and group sessions kind of throughout the year. Um, I have a podcast, things like that. And then the other side of my business is actually called Crystal Clear Nutrition Group. And so I work with a lot of real estate development projects and micro farms and what's known as agrihoods are gaining a lot of attention right now. And so when you go visit... Say, um, you know, you could move into a community that has a garden built into it, and then you get your own plot of land. That's becoming really, really popular. But even further, what they're finding, and it's fantastic to see, is this millennial generation, the millennium's, pardon me, generation. Uh, they want experiences when they go to a um, when they go on holiday or when they go on vacation. So I work with some amazing groups that are building uh, active and their active lifestyle brands, whether it's going kayaking or going mountain biking or going snowboarding or finding a skate bowl or going and finding a surf pool. And I create for them their micro farms. So we take a portion of the property and what's really amazing, and people don't know this, is that the USDA will actually give them these really low interest debt loans or even grants so that they can they can sponsor part of that farm as long as part of the farm feeds what's happening on the property so i design for them the farm i do the bubble diagram i work with the design team and come up with the vision uh, and the ultimate needs and requirements of the project and then i bring in of course i have uh, people on my team and and other consultants that i that i partner with and we actually implement that farm, make it a working farm, hire all of the employees to manage the farm. And I have a property right now in Mexico and another one that's coming up in Tennessee and then another one in Portugal. And there's another one coming up in Utah. So it's quite a big movement that's happening right now that you'll probably see now that I brought it to your attention. But micro farming is, is really, really big.
1: Wow. that That's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. And a huge shift from what I'm seeing lately. But the kids who are mm-hmm. at home playing video games all day, they're not exercising, they're definitely not hiking or riding their bike or things like that. They're not getting vitamin D. And they're definitely not eating healthy. And it's not go only for the yeah. children, the teenagers, and people in their early 20s. You know, their diet is so different, I guess you could say, than we grew up. So how do you yeah. find people who are interested in wanting to change their diet? Because I know I'm a huge advocate of plain eating and, and eating healthy, but everyone around me is so opposite. And I try to convert them to eat healthy and and reduce the sugar and carbohydrates and and eat more vegetables, but nobody wants to do it. So how do you even find these people who are willing to change their eating habits and change their life?
2: Well, I I think with adults, right, they're aware of what's at stake and it's their health. And so unfortunately for adults, habits are hard to change, but they're not impossible to change. And it really comes down to to habits and day-to-day behavioral choices. And unfortunately most adults won't make those changes until they have some type of health scare and our metabolic rate, obviously in America, we've seen it over the pandemic. Why did America get hit so hard? Because rates of diabetes and life, I call them lifestyle diseases just to be direct about it and um, heart disease and certain cancers and things of that nature are bigger and more prevalent in America than they are anywhere else in the world. So It's unfortunate that it's usually when somebody's had some type of health scare. Uh, With kids, it's so much easier, to be honest, because they get it. They get it immediately. All right, buddy, how do you want to feel? And so the pain points that I find with parents is we all know we should be feeding our kids healthier. We all know that we do. But it comes down to what's missing in this field for parents. None of us got a parenting handbook. I wish I did. I certainly wish I did. But, you know, we just kind of wing it and... Sometimes we fail and sometimes we do a great job and, you know, our parents may or may not have done the best job, but we have to look at that and say to ourselves, okay, they were doing the best that they could with their given circumstances, but now the education and more importantly, the science is there to prove, as you just mentioned, vitamin D you know, there's 70 to 80% of us that are lacking and deficient in vitamin D severely. And it's really easy to take a tablet every day or to take some sublingual vitamins. That's how I prefer to take it as a liquid vitamin. And I live in San Diego. I'm out in the sun in the morning before 10 o'clock or late afternoon. And I'm allowing that light to come in my system, but it's not as strong as it used to be. It's, It's actually a lot more filtered now. And again, science is proving it. So I think when you talk to the kids and you say to them, okay, Let's have a conversation when they're not in the middle of a meltdown, right? Just when they're calm and they're, you know, engaged in a fun activity because you don't want to sit down and, and, and kind of hit them head on, but take them for a walk, go on a bike ride and say, Hey, I've been thinking, you know, how do you feel about changing up our diet and adding in some more healthy foods? Because I notice when you feel frustrated, aggressive, angry, tired, hungry, whatever, You know, that that's kind of when we all butt heads and I would love to feel more connected to you and the kids will be on board. Then guess what? Grab that, take them with you to the grocery store, give them some control and allow them to choose some vegetables that they want to try. Then when you get home, have them help you prep, right? And have them help. uh, You can have a six-year-old, you know, peel carrots. You can have a 10-year-old, maybe chop some things up with your supervision. There's, you can have a three-year-old set the table with plastic plates or plastic silverware and and things like that um, so that they're really involved in that process because family is about connection. And that's exactly what mealtime offers us is this time to really connect with our kids. And that's what they want. They want time with us. If you ask your kids when you're not around, Hey, what, who do you want to spend time with the most? They're going to say mommy and daddy. They really are. And that window goes by so fast. It really, really does. I mean, I blinked, I literally blinked and my own daughter is 10 and my stepkids are 21 and 19 now. And I just look at them and I'm like, but how? Because I remember changing all your diapers. Like, where did you go? You know? So yeah, I think change is, is absolutely categorically possible. It's when is it going to be important and is it going to be important when it's too late and you're suffering from something or is it going to be important now so that you can buy yourself some time?
1: Right. And I see how you use your psychology and kind of mirror that into the healthy eating to kind of really get into the focus of the person, see where they are, see where they are, the psychology mm-hmm. of the person, and then navigate them to where you are you know, healthy eating or eating healthy or choosing to be healthy eating, yeah. involving them. You know, a lot of children are kind of forced to eat a certain way. You know, they don't have money. They can't go to the store. They can't go to the grocery store themselves. They eat what their parents put on the table. So by giving them a choice to uh, be involved in creating a you know, healthy meal or healthy dinner and sitting around with the family, I think that is so important, so important. So you are also working with a different um, cities and different companies to create these You say uh, communities uh, where they're growing farms and and good food for people that live in that surrounding area. How are you finding these people? How are you finding these communities? Are they reaching out to you or do you reach out to them or how are you connecting and collaborating with them?
2: So I've been really blessed in my career and I've changed careers as an evolution over the last 20 years. And I just look at them as kind of different lives, right? And in that time, um, one of my main focuses for a long time was corporate development. And so between my partner and I, we have worked with companies, startups around the world, and particularly with active, active sports and action sports lifestyle groups. And so that gives us the the joy. And we're lucky enough to have connections with a lot of large groups and a lot of large brands. Uh, So we've consulted with them, we've connected them. And one of the first things that we started about three years ago, what is what's called the global action sports foundation, and it's a nonprofit. So we give well-deserving athletes, the resources and support that they need in order to expand their career and potentially become an Olympic athlete you know, this is the first year we're coming up. Japan just finished their wave pool. So that's their training ground because we're going to see surfing in the Olympics next year in 2021. It's been put off, but it's going to definitely be um, pretty soon. We're, We're really excited about it. And skateboarding is also in the Olympics. And so that industry has a wide ripple effect, but at the same time, it's actually very, very small and concentrated. And so with our nonprofit and with some of the companies that we've worked with, it's, as you and I both know, in the, in the professional world, it's all about who you know. So I don't do a lot of outreach. It's all been organic and it's all been referrals. And again, I'm really lucky to work with a group of experts in this industry. I, I have a, a friend, I call her a friend now. Her name's Amy McDonald. She has a company called Under a Tree and she has worldwide built some of the most amazing spa and recovery centers all over the world that are in Condonast magazine, et cetera. So she'll refer some things to me for me to look at. Um, but what's really interesting about the micro farms is, as I said earlier, at least in America, the USDA steps in and says, hey, we'll give you a really, really low interest loan because they want to expand and have more agriculture in the United States.
1: And that's so important. There's more microphones mm. everywhere. And people,
2: and people want that. It's a part, yeah, it's a part of their experience, oh, you know, yes. so we create these amazing kitchens and bring the chefs in and have the chef have them walk around and pick from the garden what they want the chef to show them how to cook. As I said, for me, I have a, I have a herb garden because it's pretty low maintenance. I'm, I'm I travel quite a bit and so we have people pick the herbs that they want to create either alcoholic or non-alcoholic drinks and cocktails with and make smoothies right there on on site and so you know when you go to a resort or you go to a community or somewhere that you're on holiday how big of an impact does the the, the meals make? I mean, it's 90% of the enjoyment of your experience, right? You can have the pool and you can have you know, the spa to go to, but what do you want to do? You want to sit and eat something delicious, don't you? That's part of being on vacation. And so rather than it being... You know, fried food or fast food or stuff from a kitchen that's unhealthy. We have a garden right here that you can see the chef picking those things right out of the window and chopping it up and cooking it up for you. it's It's absolutely the 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 wave of the future.
1: I think the only time I ever experienced that is when I am on vacation, you know in a different city or a different island or a different well, actually different country. And that's when I, you see the natives, the natives who are actually cooking and pulling food off the off the off the trees and actually cooking for you. I, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. There's usually no fast food. I definitely don't want anything fast food or any kind of restaurant. But yeah, it sounds so delicious. So how can we create our own little mini farm in our own homes? What are some things that we can do here?
2: Yeah, so it's important to research. The first step is always to find out what's indigenous to your area because each area and each climate has its own issues and the elements to deal with. So, you know, the tower gardens are great for people. I don't know if you've seen them before. It's a type of hydroponic uh, growing system. They're really, really easy to set up and to put together. And you can have those really anywhere in your home. They, you know, obviously the herbs need sunlight, but it's understanding your soil and the soil health first. So you could take, you know, just a, a five square feet if, if you've got a that garden that's of that size or just put a planter box right on top of it and then just decide what it is that you want to plant, uh, whether, you know, you stick the, the, the lattice up and have tomatoes growing up from that. Those are really easy. Carrots are really easy. Tubers, meaning potatoes, are pretty easy to grow. Strawberries are fantastic. Um, you can look at things like lemongrass. Uh, I love to plant medicinal herbs such as holy basil and ashwagandha. Um, cilantro is one of our favorites too. Uh, it just really depends on the climate that you're in. And if you don't have good soil in your backyard, planter boxes are super easy. And then, you know, you just get the tools that you need. Some, some rakes and some great shovels and some pruners and you can get the soil, you know, if you'd like Home Depot does have some great potting soil. Uh, If you'd like some better soil, then I would absolutely suggest reaching out to some of the local farms around you and ask them, you know, if they've got a great soils report, which clearly if they're growing great organic food, they probably will. And you can buy some soil off of them. You know, that's just going that extra mile because You know, it does come down to the health of the soil at the end of the day. So that's why planter boxes are just—they're honestly pretty easy. And you know, get the kids involved. That's another huge one. Besides taking them to the grocery store, if they've grown that carrot and they pull it out of the ground, they are so excited to eat it. And a lot of kids don't really know, you know, where their food comes from. So you know, zucchini are really are really easy to grow. Because I remember when I was first starting, I was really overwhelmed too. I was like, you know, I remember doing this as a kid. But I didn't start it from the beginning to the end. You know, my mom did that. So when I started getting back into it, it's a little bit, it just, it's a learning curve, you know, and, and you just have to make sure that you're staying ahead of the elements in the winter in a place like Texas, where you live right now, snow on the ground, you're not going to grow a lot. Whereas in California, we can pretty much grow year round because it doesn't really get that cold, but, but the, the soil here is um, filled with rocks and it's more of a clay-based soil so that's why planters, as I as I said, are probably the easiest to get started with, really for anybody. And then you just, yeah, get the seeds, stick it in the ground, and you can sprout them beforehand if you feel like you want to give them kind of a head start. And then have fun with it, and really just see where it goes, and watch your grocery bills, you know, cut in half, and and, and enjoy your own fresh whole food that you know doesn't have pesticides. And speaking of that, you know, a great one to grow to keep some the bugs away and not have to use a lot of sprays so that you could keep really organic. It's just plant garlic, it wards off some of the bugs. So there are natural ways you can incorporate things into your garden for, for it to still be juicy and yummy.
1: But those are some great, great tips. I need to plant a garden as well, for sure. But yes, it is hot in Texas, usually very hot and so it will burn everything, I'm sure. But the planter boxes are a great idea. Um, I was going to ask you, what's the difference between planning at home and going to the grocery store and organic session and, and, and grabbing fruits and vegetables from that from that area? That's where I usually go. Is that
2: the same? Is it- I mean, I always mm-hmm. suggest if you have a farmer's market local to you to definitely check that out because, you know, I look at things always a little bit different. My brain works differently, I think, than most people sometimes. I don't know if I always have the most popular opinion, but what we see is, you know, our bodies are meant to, as I just said a minute ago, you know, plant what's indigenous to that area. And so that affects our biome as well, right? That affects our our, our biological home here that we live in. So just because you see in the market a pineapple um, doesn't mean that right now in the middle of it's still winter, it's February this time of year. It doesn't mean that you should be eating fruits like that because Our bodies are intended to eat outside of season. So whenever you go to a farmer's market, what's grown is grown locally. It's indigenous to that area. Uh, It's usually uh, got a little bit less pesticides, especially if they say they're an organic farmer. Um, and it's seasonal and that's what our bodies should be eating. So for example, I love smoothies. Smoothies are great. They're a super easy way to get kids to eat lots of, you know, you can throw spinach in there and they won't taste it. You can add in protein powder and pi- powdered vitamins, and you can get a ton of stuff in them at once. However, in the winter time, when it's cold, our bodies are looking for warmth. So that's when we should be eating more things like soups and drink hot tea and, and really eat seasonally. And that's kind of the purpose of it. So. With this abundance, and of course, we all love the industrial revolution and the fact that things are a lot easier to get now, and supply chain is so fantastic, and we get foods from around the world readily available year-round. Doesn't mean that our bodies should be eating that. So, when you shop farmers' markets or you're creating your own your own food in your own garden, you're 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 really following the rhythm that your body should be in and feeding yourself in a way that's um, sustainable and and, and more, and, 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 and follows in line with the health goals that you're looking for. And additionally, when you see those products come from around the world out of season for us, they've usually been picked before they're ripe. So they're not full of the nutrients that they would have been, had they been allowed to fully ripen on that tree before they were picked, but they've got to pick them early so that they kind of hope that they'll ripen on that ship to get to that truck, to get to the van, to get to the grocery store. So You know, and when they're doing the harvesting process, you know, a lot of times right before they are meant to be picked, they'll spray them with, with pesticides such as glyphosate. And we're seeing now in science, which is why I always love, and I hear people's theories and I'm like, and that's great. And that's your opinion, but what does science say about it? Because now we're doing, we've gone far enough down this road to say, okay, what is really damaging our microbiome? And hands down, it's so much glyphosate and runoff on that, you know, in our soil, And as you saw in Texas, what it started up at the top of the Mississippi River went down and all those farmers got fined because there was this massive, um, you know, right there in the Gulf of Mexico and next to Texas and all the animal life were suffering because of that runoff. Well, that's because they're all harvesting corn and soy. We're one of the biggest producers in the world and they're using glyphosate. So it's damaging the soil. It's running down the river and it's killing the animals. So wait a minute. Why are they using so much? And what's that doing to the inside of our bodies if we've now seen what's happening to these animals?
1: Right, right. And you just validated my observation. Uh, My husband the other day was saying, oh, we need to um, buy cherries. I said, wait a minute. Cherries don't grow till like June. So I wouldn't go looking for cherries right now because it's not cherry season, And so you don't know what's in those cherries. If you do find cherries at this time, I mean, unless they're frozen, probably frozen should be okay. Frozen organic or something like that. But other than that, yes. So that, that totally, like I said, validated my observations. I'll be looking out for that seasonal, seasonal fruits or vegetables. So thank you so much for that, Crystal. Can you give our listeners three tips on how, what they can do right now to help their children to start eating clean?
2: I would say, number one, have an open and vulnerable conversation with them about whatever struggles you're facing. Because again, we don't really know to make a change until there's been a situation or an issue with struggles. And with kids being on either Zoom school or just less access to activities, being outdoors, things like that, the kids are suffering. In fact, we've seen Uh, There was a news article that came out and um, the ADD and ADHD diagnoses and parents going and looking for uh, medication for their children has skyrocketed over the pandemic. And so I would have start with having a conversation and saying, okay, I can see that you've been struggling, you know, again, go on a bike ride, go on a walk, do something fun where you're not, you know, they don't feel like they're being confronted, and have that conversation with them and just say, Hey, you know, I was thinking we should try and improve our diet a little bit because, you know, eating healthier is it. We always feel better, right. And you have more energy and you sleep better. And so just start with having that hard, vulnerable conversation, no matter how old your child is, I'm talking, you can have a conversation like this with your two-year-old, you know, mommy and daddy really want you to, eat more apples. Mommy and daddy really think that it would be fun if you went with us to the grocery store and picked out a new fruit that you want to try this week. Would you be on board for that? And the kid's going to say, of course, yes. Um, and the next tip I would say is after having the hard conversation is again, take them to the grocery store with you or to the farmer's market if you can, that's even better. And and see engage their interest in learning how to cook because they got to know where their food comes from and at the same time you can compare with them you know we we see in the, in the in the in the industry there's been a lot of talk about this and a lot of buzz about sugar and that it's in 80% of the packaged foods that we buy there are currently 56 different names for it so it's and it's 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 a travesty and i feel like truly our kids are under attack so having a conversation with them about hey let's read what's on the back of this packet and what what do you think this really long word that we both can't pronounce is or what do you think that is? So wow, do you do you want to research it together and see, you know, if it's something that's really safe and healthy for us? Because you'll find out that they'll get to the root of it and you want to lead them to think. We don't want to do all the thinking for them. We have to teach our children to think. Okay, so here's the action and here's the consequence. So the action is eating this food that has a bunch of all of these things in it, preservatives and chemicals and et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, that package. You know, the marketing industry does an amazing job, right? They the packages look amazing, and you look at that box, and you're like, Wow, it says it's all natural, and the color schemes, and you know, it says it's fat free when it says it's sugar free, it must be good for me. Fruits and vegetables, I get it, girl, they are not that exciting, <laughs> you can't dress them up, <laughs> but <laughs> but that's kind of you know where a lot of this comes from, so. So having them make some choices and give them a bit of independence and control so that they can learn through action and consequence. Okay. So you ate this and then how did you feel after you did this and what happened? And then the third thing that I would say, let's see, number three is ask them what they want to do for family fun. Cause I think it's really important to be very connected as a family unit and to allow everybody to feel safe and secure. And that's essentially how we're wired as humans, right? We came in, and we had tribes, we were all there to protect each other, and everybody had their individual roles. And so, what's your Friday night like? My Friday night is we either order pizza, which is fine, I get a gluten free vegan pizza, that's what I choose and we'll maybe play a board game. I always try and opt out of something like Monopoly because that lasts hours with my daughter and she gets really competitive. So we'll play a different board game. Um, And that's what we do every Friday night. And that's what she looks forward to, right? And during the week, we're talking about it. Okay. What What game do you want to play? And should we, now that some restaurants are open, which is great, do you want to go out and sit outside and, you know, and have pizza um, before it gets too cold and, you know, and just kind of be in, in the town instead of being stuck at home like we have been for the last year. So look at what your family dynamic is like. And are you making a family date night and connection time a priority? Because again, these years fly by so fast and that's when their kids open up to us and talk with us. And no matter what they have to share, I'm guilty of this too. Personally, this just happened the other day. My daughter kept saying, okay, I want you to just stop and listen to me, mom, and don't interrupt until I'm done. And I had to look at myself and go, wow, do I interrupt her when she's talking because I'm jumping ahead? Maybe I do. She's giving me that feedback, you know, like, okay. So I love that she shares with me so much, but she wants to really feel heard And so I need to be completely quiet, give her my full attention, total presence, not have my phone around so that she'll, when she gets older, continue to tell me everything because that's what I want, right? I want her to tell me all the things and share all the things of what's going on. You know, I don't want to shut her down when she's in any moment, whether it's frustration or elation. I want her to share with me and keep talking, keep telling me everything.
1: That's right. Oh, those are great, great, great tips. My goodness. Yes. Yeah, so you have a wonderful family. And, and anyone can use these tips as well. So we talked about, you talked about have an open, vulnerable conversation about whatever struggles you're facing. Uh take them to the farmer's market. I love that. Take them to the farm like It's like a field trip, a field trip to the farmer's market every week. And I love doing that on weekends as well, especially in the summertime, spring, spring seasons going to the farmer's market It's actually pretty fun. There's other things you can get that's all natural and healthy, lotions, you know, jewelry yeah. that's handmade. So it's always honey. So, yeah. So so fun to, to go to those as well. And just ask them what they want, what they what they, they want to do that's fun. And I think having family fun time and one date night with your family is great. I try to do that every Friday. Every Friday stop everything, um spend time with the family and just be. You no, know, just be. Just be. Mm-hmm. That those moments are precious. They're not. They're not going to last forever. So thank you for that, Crystal. What are, What is Crystal doing now? What are you up to? What uh, What is lighting you up these days? What's in the future for you?
2: Yeah. Well, a lot of things actually, and it's funny because I'm trying to tell myself to slow down a little bit because um, I start to jump ahead on a few of these projects that I'm working on, and it's all so exciting. But then it's like if we don't slow down as women, then what? We're no good for anybody else, right? And so um, between Crystal Clear Kids and Crystal Clear Nutrition Group, you know, I've got three channel partners now, strategic partners that are active lifestyle and sports um, companies that I that I leased my content to. I just launched a show on awake TV and that show in that series, have you heard of Gaia TV? Yes. So they're sort of similar to Gaia. It's all about raising the vibration of the planet. And so I have a show that's all about crystal and rainbow children and explaining kind of who they are and their characteristics and some of the struggles that they face and how to really support them on a deeper level. And yeah, with crystal clear nutrition group, there's a big project in Tennessee. We're about 12 months out really from breaking ground, but it's called velocity and I'm super excited to work with Jeff and the guys over there. So if they're listening to this, I hope they enjoy it, but Um, they're going to have like mountain bike trails and they have got kayaking and whitewater rafting. And then there's an action sports and active lifestyle recovery center and a spa and the micro farm. So that's really cool. And then two projects in Mexico because we can travel to Mexico. So that's really great to be able to get down there and work with some resorts that are, that are already existing. So yeah, between the, between the resort and real estate projects and then I go live in my Facebook group. It's called Clean Eating for Kids by Crystal Hillsley every single week, sometimes even twice a week. So if anybody wants to find me live in there and ask any questions, I'd be more than happy to help.
1: That is great. Wow, you are super busy, and but you're doing some great things all around this world. And and I and I appreciate you. I appreciate you for taking a time out to help this generation, this world, you know, live a better life. And when you eat healthy. You feel better. When you feel better, that resonates to everyone that surrounds you in your environment. So I thank you. Thank you again, Chris Thank you so much for being on the Be Seen Beloved Podcast. I truly enjoyed you and all the wealth of information that you just provided for me and my listeners.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's such a it was so much fun. Awesome. Thanks again.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Be Seen Beloved Podcast. For more inspiring conversations, please share with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or feedback, you can reach me directly at beseenbelovedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.